what up everybody and welcome to another episode of the black expat podcast my name is carl and i'm excited to be rocking with you guys for yet another episode we are halfway through the month of february happy valentine's day for those of you guys out there that are celebrating valentine's day whether you are single in a relationship situationship or married whatever the case may be hope you guys have had more importantly an amazing black history month but also had a happy valentine's day and if you haven't had a chance already i did not do a special valentine's day episode on youtube however i did and am doing a special kenya africa youtube dedication for the entire month so if you haven't already make sure you go on youtube and check out the black expat podcast and as always if you are not already become a patron of the black expat podcast my goal is to get 1000 people to contribute one dollar so that i can continue mentoring up and coming black people back at home in the united states who are interested in becoming podcasters right so i'm looking to pay for their equipment uh that they need to get started so one microphone i have a total of 10 students and a microphone is about a hundred dollars per student so i'm looking to do that and have five to ten new students per month each month of the year this year so i'm very excited today to welcome a very special person on the podcast and to the show her name is tiffany and when she's ready to call into the show we'll get right into her interview she's been in taiwan for quite some time and she is a frequent visitor of our bar arts and crafts and more importantly she is a great friend and an even better person and i can't wait till she calls in and we'll get started right away and jump with her interview so she can tell you more about herself her experiences and what brought her to the island of formosa there's been a lot going on here on the expat front uh a few quick shout outs before you know as we wait for tiffany to call in uh one if you haven't already if you are an expat or if you're interested in becoming an expat or if you just want to see what amazing black expats are doing all over the world make sure you check out and download an app it's called the expat app the letter x p-a-t-a-p-p it is black orange purple and one other color i think but download that app it is actually created founded owned designed by an amazing black woman named char she is based in portugal now i believe um and she created this app for black expats to connect right so it's not it's, it's like it's like a facebook group but you know you know facebook groups are usually more centered right you can only talk about specific things but this app allows you to talk about a variety of different things variety of different areas um and just literally to connect people right the mission behind it is to make connections to see who is where doing what like job opportunities are posted there you can directly link with someone in the app and ask some questions about where they're living if you want to go there or just share stories or you know trade experiences all that so it's a really great app makes sure you check it out and i was interviewed by her so go to my Instagram, the black underscore expat, and check it out uh, under expat apps and feet meets land. But without further ado, let's welcome our special guest yes. to the show today. Tiffany, are you there? How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Can you hear me okay? I see we can. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Black Expat Podcast. How are you? I'm good. I didn't know I needed headphones. <laughs> so I know how to get headphones real quick. Sorry about that. Oh, no, it's okay. Well, you're, you're, you sound great. You're coming in. You're coming in great. The audio sounds good. And again, as always, the energy you're bringing to the show already is just amazing. Um, so Aww. if you don't mind, I'll just jump right into it. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your culture, just anything you would like to share uh, to get the interview started? Um, yeah, sure. Um, hi, everybody. Um, I'm Tiffany from all the way from West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, there's black folks there. Uh, West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a mountain girl. Um, I've been in Taiwan for since about 2017 now. It hmm. feels like, honestly, just about a year, it feels like, because the first year is a blur. Um, as for background as well, I'm also half Nigerian. I have the language in my brain, but it's a dead language now. Yeah. So I really can't speak it i can understand some but not all but overall overall just really i'm just a country girl i <laughs> i'm a country girl <laughs> who decided to take a chance and leave west virginia and I, my first time truly leaving was coming to taiwan and yeah that's about it i've been here since and enjoying life well thank you thank you. i think you might be the first person i've interviewed from west virginia 
Uh, I'm sure I, I am. <laughs> <laughs> we don't leave. We get stuck. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few people from, you know, California, New York, Chicago, uh, Texas, um, even someone from Ohio. But West Virginia may be the first person. Huh, yeah. that's interesting. So what, uh, I know you've been here since 2017, so that's almost, ooh, that's almost like you said, four years in the first year, I agree. It's always a blur uh, mm-hmm. when you go to a new place because you're pretty much just figuring things out. But like, what made you, what led you to coming to Taiwan, right? How did you end up deciding, you know what, I'm leaving West Virginia, I'm coming to Taiwan? Yeah, so this question is like a can of worms. Um, okay, so it started off at my old job. I mm. used to work for, can I say the name of the company I used to work for? It's a really big company. It's really popular. Like everybody knows it and everybody has something from this company. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And if you say, okay, sure. Quickly, that's fine. I work for Amazon. Okay. <laughs> Amazon? <laughs> I used to work for Amazon. If, if Amazon sponsors you, remember your girl. But um, <laughs> I used to work for Amazon in their customer service and I did training and all these things for them and interviewing and stuff. Anyway. A fellow coworker of mine saw how I interacted with other people and she suggested, have you ever thought about teaching? Instantly, I thought of American students and I said, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, was like, I would probably hurt a child if I did that, unfortunately. But she said, no, 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 no. She, she said, I meant like overseas. I was like, can you? I was like, I didn't know anything about it. So she told me all these things about how she used to teach in India and Japan, Korea, China. And she loved it, her and her husband. They loved it. They only came back because of, of a family problem. But she, the more she talked about it, the more interested I got. Okay? So I started mm-hmm. doing some information, doing some research. And I, was, I thought, you know what? Maybe I should try it. I've never actually lived abroad before. I've never even been abroad. This would be a great chance to kill two birds with one stone, experiencing a different culture, traveling abroad. You know, I, was, I had all these great things in my head. So I wanted, ha ha, Korea first. And South mm. Korea did some research. That fell through. But the company I work for now said, well, we do have branches in Korea, but we also have it in Taiwan. Would you consider Taiwan? I said, I've never even honestly heard of Taiwan. But <laughs> I was like, so I'll do some research and I'll get back to you. I did some research and everything seemed pretty cool here. So I applied for Taiwan. I picked this city as my main city, Taichung. And they said, we have some positions open there. I interviewed, got the job, and that was it. That's what got me here. It was just because of someone mentioning it. And you know, and, and that's something, because I've been interviewed uh, a few times just this month, and that's a conversation that keeps coming up and why I think you know it's so important to have these groups and also have these conversations about people like People's journeys to working or being abroad in any way has always come through a conversation with someone else who's either done it already or who's already actually there, right? Yeah. So when I was back in America, I kind of my professor was like, "Hey, you want to go to Taiwan?" I was like, "No, nah, what's that?" She's like, "It's really cool. I'm from there." I was like, "All right, cool, <laughs> let's go." Like it was, it was pretty much the dialogue like that. But it still took someone else to open my eyes about Taiwan in particular because not that very many people know about Taiwan. So like when you did your research, was there anything about, like before you got here, was there anything about Taiwan that stood out that let you know, you know, as a black woman that, you know what, this is a place I can see myself thriving in or at least having a decent enough time to stay or to try it out for like a year or so. Okay, that question just brought back a memory. So uh, I was doing the research and I said, I don't even know where to begin. One of my coworkers, he lived in China for a while. He said, oh, China's great. You should try China, blah, 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 blah. Um, I think China will be better for you. Try Hong Kong or Shanghai. Then this one guy, it's, it's, it's a white guy with this, he, he looks like a true, just redneck hillbilly, but he's one of the most open-minded, thoughtful. He, he actually understands situations. He looked at in my face and said, Tiffany, go. He said, don't go to China go to Taiwan. I said, why? He said, Taiwan. He said, it's the nice, he said, it's little Hong. He says, it's the nicer version of China. He said, you get Chinese culture, you get all this amazing stuff. Plus the people are actually quite friendly there. I said, have you been there? He said, nope. <laughs> I was just like, just you know this. He just said, because you can tell. He said, if you do your research on, he says, look at the news and look how Taiwan handles things and how other countries in Asia handle, handle things. And regarding cultures and just 
And I did that. I just went to certain websites. I forgot where. And it was discussing um, like the way you can live and types of apartments, um, where to go to, the events you can go to. And I'm not a big city person, but I like going to places like in the city where I can visit, have food and drinks, and but then mm-hmm. come back to a quiet place. And I think Taiwan had all that. Okay. So I think that was what kind of made me look at them, look at Taiwan mostly. So to take a moment to reflect. Now, what is something that mm-hmm. you would have prepared or you would have done differently Jesus. had you known Taiwan would have been what it is now before you got on the plane and made the journey here? Like I know, you know, the easy answer is I would have brought a bunch of different types of food that we miss and love dearly. But but beyond that is like, what would you have done or how would you have prepared differently for your time spent here? Now that- okay. Okay. First, I would have studied more Chinese before I got here. I learned very, very basic, basic things that have stuck in me. But for some reason, now that I'm in, in like in it, I cannot mm-hmm. grasp it. So that's one, the language. Two, believe it or not, clothes. I did research and they were saying, oh, you're, you're going to need all these clothes. You're not going to be able to find things. Um, it's hard to get things shipped here. And at first, I it was. I thought, remember I said, I thought it was. But honestly, due to things changing so quickly, most of my clothes that I wear have been ordered from online or from websites that I know of. And I found actually, and I'm a big girl, I've found clothes here that I can actually wear. Shoes. I actually would have brought less clothes. Honestly, I just would have brought my coat. That, <laughs> honestly, I think that would have been the biggest thing. Food, believe it or not, even though I know you all love my mama. For oh, this, man. But... Shout out to T-Baby Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to T-Baby Mama. But real talk, I it's not food for me. Like, I, the basics for me, I found Sweet Baby Ray. I found hot sauce. Mm. I, I found my own, even Kool-Aid. I, I wasn't that was more for everybody else, but really that was it. I would say language, mm. um, less clothes. Um, and let me see. Hmm. I think that's actually it. Believe it or not. I, 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 cause I like going into things kind of just with the basics and acquiring mm. things while I'm there. Cause if, I feel like if you go with too much, you don't leave room for more things to come to you, you know. So. Ooh, that's actually. You know what? I'm a. I'm a. I am a hoarder. I'm looking around my room actually at the moment. I'm just like, man, I have a lot of stuff because I like keeping stuff and saving stuff and having right. these memories and all that. But man, right. now that I'm on my seventh move here in Taiwan, coming up really soon, I'm like, half mm-hmm. this stuff can go to the trash. I don't, you know. Right. I'm. I'm. I'm lear- I think through traveling, believe it or not, it's taught me to live more minimally. Um, and hold on. And also technology has allowed me to capture and hold things digitally now, which also helps. Right. Uh, so I'm actually, I've actually learned that just from being here and honestly, the struggle of moving, right? Because when you have a house back in America, you know, people have big homes, even if you have a small home, you have a lot of storage space. Just You have a way to collect things because you don't anticipate bouncing around a lot. But being an expat, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to move around a lot. And then you also collect a lot of things along the way. That, so that's true. What has then since you arrived in Taiwan, you've been here for going on four years now, what has actually kept you here? Like what about the island and the people and the experience has kept you here um, for this amount of time so far? Okay. Um, first, I would say one of my job, the company that I work for, it has, it's, it has its ups and its down, good and bad, but I lucked out. I would say that and been extremely fortunate to be able to have a company that's willing to one, keep me two. A, be able to respond to any changes that I may need or have to go through. So yeah. I'm actually very happy about that. That's one reason that's kept me. Two, I promised myself I would do a minimum of two years. A okay. minimum of two years. And at first, I was going to leave in 2019, but I didn't realize it was 2019 when it was 2019. Because <laughs> of 2017, when I got here, I actually, only reason why I remember certain things because of the events I had to do in 2017 for my job. Outside of that, I do not remember 2017. So I don't count it. So I count 2018, 2019. So I said a minimum of two, max of three. So then that would mean about 2020. COVID. 
So <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like, you know what? Taiwan's lovely. So that was another reason to stay. But also, um, the it actually helped me. Okay, let, let me go back a little bit. I'm good with money. Let me explain. I am great with money. And in America, I was good with money. Coming here, I became better. So I've set myself up and saved a lot of money in Taiwan. Plus, I've had the opportunity to, to opportunities to travel a lot more than I did in the United States because leaving the United States traveling, you you pretty much buying a car almost just just to travel abroad. But here, you have this like. It's just easier, a lot easier to do that. It's just you can go to Japan for a weekend. You go to Korea for a weekend. You can go to Vietnam, Malaysia. Even if you want to go to Europe, it's actually somewhat cheaper than going to America. So that's another thing that's kept me here. Um, What else? Also, I think I am trying to give myself a chance to live differently because I've been so closed off in America like I how can I put this I kind of I was kind of I blocked myself Mm. from experiencing life earlier because like I said moving abroad my first time ever I lived in West Virginia by myself for 10 years my family was in the area as well but overall I didn't really do much so Taiwan gave me the opportunity to actually challenge myself way more than I ever thought I could. And I am, and because of that, I've become kind of comfortable, but yet still excited to be here. It's still right. exciting to still to be here every day compared to being at home where I'm just like, well, I'll go to work. Maybe I'll go <laughs> yeah. to Ohio, visit some friends, go visit my family in DC and Virginia, you know, but right. here it's more of a, it's still, it's, even though it's like a comfortable living, I'm still excited to be here. So mm. I think that's why, one reason why Taiwan's kept me here the biggest. You know what? That's actually that's interesting, because when I first came to Taiwan, I think you're one of the few people I've heard express that they they came here with the intent of staying for at least two years. Right. Because when I Mm -hmm. first came again, this was 11 years ago. I was like, yeah, you know, I'll stay for a year. I'm going to get my stuff together and then figure it out. But it was the year I was like, oh, I feel like I haven't done enough. Right. So my my mentality going into it was a year is enough. But once I actually mm-hmm. got here, it was like, man, I feel like I, it's incomplete. And then every yeah. year after, I was like, well, there's so much more I can do. And I see it. I just I need to stay a year. And then, you know, one year came, turned to 11 years. But, um, yeah, it's really interesting because when I was re- when I was recruiting for teachers initially, I would always mm-hmm. say, hey, just give it a year. And then I think year five is when I switched. And I said, you know what? You can't really do that much in that first year, because like you, you said, can't. the first year is kind of a blur. It's the adjustment right. period. It's finding a place. It's finding friends. It's finding your 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 niches and things like that. So it's very interesting mm-hmm. to hear that you came in like without even having the experience of being abroad before living anyway, came in and was like, yeah, I'm going to give it two years. Like, was there anything that like, where did that come from? Was this a mentality that you had or did you it's just know that you needed more time? It's a mentality because I've always been taught, like when you're in an environment that's unfamiliar to you, you have to adjust. That's just part of life. And most people say, oh, I need this like three months, six months. That's if you're living in a situation that you are somewhat already familiar with. But if you're going to a a totally different environment, there's no way to truly adjust to it unless you give yourself a like. And that's without working. That's without Mm -hmm. even having school or anything. That's just like you going to there and you're like, okay, I'll stay for about six months, maybe a year. And then I'll go on somewhere else. But if you have to work, live and add those things to it. Yeah. One year is never enough because it's like you said, Taiwan's a small island, but there's still a lot of stuff you could do here in one year. So if you add that plus school, plus work or school or work and school, there's no way you're going to get an opportunity to see the beauty what's in front of you. So you got to give yourself the time because um, another thing is when I got my job of my manager was telling me he said most people to stay about a year even though this my assistant teachers were saying yeah most most teachers say to stay about a year and i even met a few people at your bar that said oh i'm going back home it's not what i thought it was and i was like did you give it a chance though yeah like you you're in one area did you give all of taiwan a chance did you actually venture out of your bubble to give it a chance if you didn't 
then you just wasted money. We just you don't do that for me. You waste <laughs> you're wasting money, <laughs> you're wasting time yeah. and energy. You don't do that. So I came in, I always have that mindset, two years minimum for things to try it out and then see where you go from there. And you know what? That's man, that's 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 actually really great advice. I'm gonna have to uh, pull this quote out and then replay this on my, on my YouTube. <laughs> Cause that was actually a great, you know, that was just a great, a great way of looking at that. Definitely don't want to, you know, I want to highlight that because that's that's a really big thing. Because man, yeah, you're right. It's like uh, if you think about it, like I'm from Chicago, and every time I go back home, there's always a new part of the city that I discover, right? A part that I haven't been to, just connecting with different mm-hmm. friends and different people around the city. And the city's huge, it's bigger than Taiwan, but uh, yeah. you know, it's still it's <laughs> right. But culturally, I think you know Taiwan is also very rich in Chicago, so that actually is a really good point. Like you can't sell your experience short. Because you had a bad time in one area, like a visit a different city or try a different location. Like, man, that's actually really important. Oh, thanks, T Baby. Also, if you guys see me call it T Baby, that is a nickname. That no, we no, call wait, wait, wait. Pause, 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 pause. That's my nickname to y'all. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Every, no, no, here's the thing. In, uh, I would say in America, a small group did call me T Baby. So when I heard it here, I was, I was thinking, like, it's back. But mm. my nickname, because I have been, a, I'm talking, a toddler has been TT. I'm oh, talking, okay. Like, but T baby is cool. I, that's why I answer the T baby. But t- I like when I was a kid, TT. When I became, um, even in high school, middle school, TT. When I got my job um, outside of school, there were friends of mine who did not know my real name because they only knew me as TT. TT. Um, <laughs> I'm serious. Even that, when I became, when I was in college. Um, I was a RA, I was a resident advisor, and it was like RA Tiffany, then it became RA TT, then it became RA, it became just TT. And then I, I'm serious, and I became a teacher, teacher Tiffany. I had an initial something, so I put TT, and all of a sudden, all kids, can we call you TT? I said, you can call me teacher TT, and <laughs> it's back. <laughs> <laughs> like this last year, teacher TT. So. T, but T baby, you all can call me T baby, hands down. All right. So if you're listening and y'all want to comment, do not say T baby. You got to say T T baby. T baby. You can call me T baby. is me and Patrick thing. We don't want nobody stealing our nicknames for people. Cool. But what has been like one of the hardest things to adjust to in Taiwan versus some adjustments you felt like you had to make back when you were living back home in West Virginia? Okay. So this topic is a couple things. But the first one, and this is, um, I brought this up at your bar actually, talking to someone. It is regarding um, stress. So in America, the stress of having like police, it could be police, it could be family, it could be job related, it could be health related, like, bills, all these things that add up in America, like they, not just money financially, but the strain on you mentally and physically and emotionally, that stress, I don't have it here. And it's almost like a pain, almost like that pain you feel from all that stress on your body. I came to Taiwan and I actually don't have it. And I didn't realize it until about a year ago where I was sitting and I said, oh, I might need to go get my eye checked. And I realized I could do that easily. The, the, my, the most difficult part would be the language because, you know, broken English, broken Chinese. So, but <laughs> it was still, but it could still be done. And not just like, oh, well, let me schedule an appointment. Oh, come back in a month. No, they'll say, oh, come back in two days if I need to come back. Or they'll say, um, okay, we can do it right now. It's the conveniency. America, I believe it, it's kind of like, like I said, a pain in your, a pain that you've gotten used to, or like you're, or you've had like a tense back, or you're distressed, and then you finally get a massage, and that feeling's gone. You're like, oh, this feels mm. great, and all of a sudden you go back into that old environment, and that pain comes back, and you realize, like, wait, what is that coming from? That's what America mm. kind of was in a weird way. Um, so that's one. Um, hmm. You see, language, of course. Um, personal space, you know, <laughs> America, you know, we, we like our space. We, we hug and stuff and we know people and, you know, handshakes and all that. But 
Taiwan, not so much, man. So they honestly, that's the saddest thing to say, but COVID actually gave us space um, because <laughs> yeah. there actually are lots on the ground where people know where to stand or people are already kind of, oh, let me take, um, I'm, I'm close to this person. Let me step back a little bit just in case they sneeze or I sneeze. They actually start, they're doing that more now compared to the way it used to be when um, you would have like, 50, it, feel, it felt like 50 Taiwanese people breathing on your neck while you waiting in line at a 7-Eleven. <sighs> um, that, that's what it was hard to adjust to for me. Um, also, I would say not being able to access my family as easy as I used to. My family and I, we, we talk and we did see each other, but we, we weren't always around each other. Now it's even... Mm more difficult and harder because like just i'll be honest with you just recently um like when i saw you the other day a friend of mine actually passed away like literally that friday um Mm -hmm. and prior to that like a couple weeks ago my uncle and two close family friends of mine passed away from covid so it's like all these events you can't really support the people that have supported you Like going through something the way you would like normally I would hug, bring them food, make sure they are okay and see their faces. I can't do that here. So that's probably the hardest thing I've had to experience since living here is the people getting sick or dying or and I can't actually support them the way I normally would. So yeah. And I was just talking about this the other day because I know for me, I think, I mean, I've been abroad for about 11 years and I've yeah. never had that that's such as strong of a feeling as I have now. And I, it's mostly because of COVID. I know that for sure uh, of, man, I want to go home. Like not, oh, I could go home or, hey, I'm going to plan a trip. I was like, man, if I could go home right now, I would, mm-hmm. except, you know, America, y'all out there tripping with COVID. But it's like, well, I like the feeling mm-hmm. of, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I could go home. However. Um, you know, Taiwan's been open all this time, but yeah, I am. I'm more excited now and more anxious and more, uh, I guess, more firm on my I need I am going home sooner rather than later than I guess I have been in the past. Right. I think that's mostly because of everything that's been going on with uh, with COVID. But yeah. like, and uh, also like along with family. So like, how have you then? Because I know again, we're not around our families, and a lot of them don't or don't mm-hmm. and won't come visit us. But um, <laughs> how have you found community here in Taiwan? <laughs> you said can't and won't. That is so can't true. My family won't. won't. <laughs> that is so my family right there. Okay, but how about community? Um, I would say I have to thank you, Patrick, Steph, Erica. You all have become part of that family. The reaching out. Um, Cause I know if I need that connection of home, I can go to you all. Like you all, we argue like family. So I consider you all like in that community. Also a lot of, believe it or not, a lot of the coworkers I have, the Taiwanese and the um, um, other um, English, English teachers, they've really gave me a sense of like, okay, how are you doing? Like they actually check up on me. I check up on them. We right. take care of each other in that way, which is a blessing. Um, it took a while because um, the <laughs> not her- oh how oh well um, it was a kind of a lot of people were kind of distant because they expect you to be there only for one year, so they don't want to build a connection with you. And if I personally feel uncomfortable I will change the freaking atmosphere and y'all will start talking I, I don't I don't play that so um <laughs> I, I'm serious like I've I, I even was um my area manager like I'm talking a boss boss came to me and said thank you about a year and a half ago she said thank you I was like what I do <laughs> she said you, you, she said, since you've been here, I've noticed there's been a change in my manager. She's like, he's changed so much. He actually is, he talks more, he laughs more, he's more engaging. She said, you did that. You brought that out of him. I said, because he wasn't that way and it was getting on my nerves and you will socialize. So that I, I just, yeah. So I, that community, I, if 
even if I can't have it on a regular basis, like or, or everyday basis, I still need it can be a little community, which is more than enough. People always want so many people around them to say that, oh, this is my family, my community. You just need honestly four or five good ones and you and to actually help you keep stay rooted and you're okay, honestly. People think they need so much more, they really don't. Yeah, that's true. And then like, so, and then I, I know you kind of alluded to it just with your answer then, but like what outside of, you know, what, what's already readily available to you, how would someone who mm-hmm. maybe didn't work at a good place or didn't have the first and only black owned bar uh, in Taijong, shout out to Arts and Crafts. But yeah, which is a really important space. And uh, again, I'm just, yeah, it's a really important space for a lot of reasons that I talk about already. But um, like, what are some other ways in which, uh, you know, us as people, we are able to find community here on the island? Like if you have to go outside of your job and outside of an already black owned space. I would say, honestly, the best way of doing that is finding an activity that you have interest in. Because those usually will have people around you that can take you to other places and also help you engage with other people. For example, um, myself, I actually like working out. It might not look like it if you meet me, but actually like working out. I actually like lifting weights and I go to a gym. I've met quite a few people at my gym where I've had, like I have a, uh, I'm having coffee with a few girls from there. I've gone on a few dinners with some people from the gym. It's sometimes you have to take a step. It's scary. And the small, the small, you can start with a small step. If you like to dance, join a dance class once a week if you like to fight find a gym that actually or find a place that you can fight (laughs) like um it doesn't be like actually fight fight but it can be boxing it can be um jujitsu it can be mjj what is that thing called mma lord forgot letters um but yeah so you (laughs) could but you have to take the step first you always have and that's and i admit personally that's hard. When I was mentioning my first year here, I didn't do anything. I didn't go anywhere. I was actually one, mm. too tired. Two, was afraid because when you're older, we, okay, let me do it this way. When you're younger, you're more likely to actually take the chances to meet, go out and meet people, go out to the clubs, go out to the bars, go out to all the coffee shops and sit all day and talk. You only need four hours of sleep and you're good. Um, but when you're older, it's harder to actually meet people because one, a lot of us are already set in our ways. So we're not going to want to mentally, physically, emotionally change to our settings. That's one. Two, also, it's kind of scary when you are on your own, especially if you're on your own. It's hard to actually take that step. So I would say for people who may find it difficult like myself take the chance and just go somewhere it can even be take a trip go down to um the beach go to uh, and just stay at a place where there's a lot of people and socialize meet the foreigners that are there you might not want to because you want to adjust and deal with the locals sometimes those foreigners are closer to the locals than you could ever imagine so don't always put yourself in a bubble of being by yourself take that chance to take a step forward and yeah, hmm. but that I would say those things would be the best things to do. All right. Thank you. That was some pretty solid advice you gave there, Tiff. Right now, I want to remind everybody that's <laughs> listening. If you, if you like to call in and ask any questions, please feel free to call in and talk directly to myself or Tiffany. You can definitely call in with any questions you may have or anything else you would like her to expand upon. But T-Baby, now yep. you're a teacher out here and I know you weren't a teacher yeah. back in America. Are you passionate about teaching out here? (laughs) And do you like it? I am now. I am. Okay. I am now. I never, I never thought I would say those words. I never. (laughs) Because my uncle, (laughs) I'm serious. My uncle, he's Nigerian. um, Who he used to teach in Texas back in the 90s. And yes, 1990s. I was alive back then. You young buck people, young babies. Anyway. (laughs) Um, he taught and he would send me things for school. 
he always would say, you know what? You would make it a great teacher. I'm like, no, I wouldn't. As I was like, I don't like kids enough to teach them. Ew. No, 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 no. You would be a great teacher. Teaching's in your blood. It's part of our family. I was like, I, I don't want to teach. Oh, no, you would teach. I, like, I don't, I don't want to teach. Got older. Still didn't want to teach. This happened and first year cried all the time. I was crying so much in 2017 because of all the stress of being and being and becoming a teacher of children. And mm, then yeah, kids, kids are something else. Yeah, it's just and also not even like the kids, it's the the man's of being a teacher. Because kids, I can tolerate kids. That's that's nothing. But it's the demands of being a teacher. That was what was getting to me. And I felt like I wasn't doing it justice. So as time went on and I realized mm. me, um, me stressing over it wouldn't benefit me growing and learning. I need to take a step back and realize what am I doing wrong and what am I doing right? And if, and if I'm doing it and the parts I'm doing right, how am I doing it right? And the things I'm doing wrong, what could I do to change it? Like I actually had to take a step back and do that. And when I did, I realized I was honestly staying in my head too much and overthinking. And when I stopped getting, when I got out of my head pretty much, uh, it became a better time. I actually started not just, like I always liked my kids, crazy as they are. I actually started to enjoy them. I started to enjoy watching mm. their them get smarter and growing and adjusting and not just like, just English, but with life, because I'm teaching them life lessons as well as a teacher. So it became, and it became a, wow, I'm actually happy to teach these little brunts. When did this happen? I really enjoy this. And it became this feeling like, like tomorrow we go back to work and I'm like, I can just see my kids again. Actually kind of got excited. It's, it's became this like challenge of like, yes, my babies are back. I can't believe I'm happy to be a teacher. <laughs> so the fact that now I'm like saying that is so strange to me. Wow. Even when I do it, I'm like, eh, go figure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, I, I've been managing teachers for so long. I know the mark of a good teacher and I do this myself is when you refer to them as not the students or the, like my kids. Right. And again, like these aren't mm-hmm. actual kids that we, you know, father or mother. It's like, man, like these yeah. are my kids and I'm actually seeing them grow and mature and I'm I'm I am right. a part of their of their learning and their growing experience. And there's again, there's nothing like the connection either you make with students here. Again, I would never, I won't yeah. say never, I would not prefer to teach back <laughs> home in America for a variety of different reasons. Not mm-hmm. the kids or the students, it's the system, and we can talk about that for days. But here in Taiwan, mm-hmm. I can you can kind of understand like people who are listening teachers are appreciated at a different level here and respected like being a teacher is a very Mm -hmm. respected profession here like like people refer to you as teacher not as your name even if like they can be the president they'll say oh teacher so-and-so whereas in america it's like oh yeah that's Mm -hmm. that's missed you know what i mean so it's it's just different different feeling here but yeah the kids the kids do make it special again the reason why i stayed my first year my second year wasn't just because of the travel Mm -hmm. and the money because the money wasn't that good back then um I stayed because I enjoyed the classroom experience, which again, it's it's something that I definitely didn't see myself doing, but I kind of grew into. Um, so do grew you feel like, it. like what kind of impact do you think you have on the students that you teach uh, out here? And, 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 and how do you try to make an impact when you're in the classroom? Well, being, okay, I'm, okay, I'm gonna say this, and if this offends any of your listeners, I'm sorry. You'll but be right. being a dark, wait a minute, being a dark-skinned, plus size woman, black woman, already has an impact in a classroom here in Taiwan. Because most of the students, the kids, most even of the teachers and their parents, when they think of foreign teachers, English teachers, they do do not expect me. They expect someone who is, if they are black, they are usually more, they're fair skin. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with them, I'm saying they're fair skin. They um, have a certain type of like walk to them, like a look to them. They're thinner in their body, more muscular. Likely they feel like they're probably a, a basketball player. Um, 
but that or they're white. Just yeah, if they're white, they're okay. They can speak English. Doesn't matter if they have a they don't have a college degree or whatever. Um, but when they see me, I instantly get uh, first impression for most of the parents, student, college student, African. So my presence in the classroom is already one because when we're doing certain things, learning about cultures, just different, not even like, like Taiwanese cultures, just cultures in general. And there are pictures of kids from Africa or even indigenous, um, or I, I hate saying the word indigenous, native Taiwanese, the real Taiwanese, um, and they see how dark they are, their skin tone. Some of the kids will giggle. And I, and I would say, why are you laughing? You know, ask them. And they're like, they look weird. I'm like, did they look weird because they're dark? Because I'm dark, so am I weird? No, uh, uh, uh. And I did that at like the beginning, first couple of years, first year or two. Now, my kids will check each other on that. <laughs> it makes me kind of happy. So like, they'll just like, you shouldn't say that's not mean. I mean, that's not nice. That's very mean. Or they'll just go say something on the lines of, well, if you're Taiwanese, but you're saying they're ugly because they're so dark, that means you're ugly, right? Like they'll check each other in class. And I'm sitting there like, I'm just going to watch. Keep going. This is all in English. <laughs> we're progressing. <laughs> so, um, I, <laughs> we're progressing. But that's what I like to show is that me being in that classroom is already a change in the right direction for some of these kids. Some of the kids will... I'm, I, I know for a fact I was probably the first dark-skinned person they've seen ever. And I'm actually used to that. That happened to me in America quite a few times. Believe it or not, Carl, I've met a lot of white folks. I was their first black person they ever met. Oh, man, so, we're going to have a conversation about that off off, off podcast. But Carl, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it turned out well. But, um, but yeah. <laughs> but, but the kids um, have learned, I would say, I would say that will be probably be my biggest impact into the classroom. As for teaching wise, it's more of a, with the, uh, I would say with the other teachers, I feel like I, uh, I'm auntie wherever I go. I can't help it. So I bring that energy with my fellow teachers. Like, do you need something? You can talk to me. I bring that shoulder. I've always brought that. And, and because I feel like I bring that, the energy at my schools, my branches, they have changed mm. overall. There's more communication. There's more open dialogue than there has ever been before. Um, and I'm sorry, I personally feel like it's due to me in my presence because when I'm not there, I've noticed there's always, is Tiffany coming back? Where is she? Oh my gosh, I need to talk to somebody. I'm like, when did I become a therapist? But <laughs> it, need a race. So, I know, race time. Actually, it is race time. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I would say that would be my biggest trip um, contribution as being a teacher. It's just me being a human that's not the stereotypical human that they're used to seeing or experiencing because there's so much more than what the little bubble of Taiwan has seen and experienced so much more. And these kids are getting it early, getting it to experience it early on than their parents could ever imagine. Cause their parents probably didn't get the chance to until they got older. These kids are experiencing something right now with me. Just honestly, having a conversation with me every day. So. Well, Hey, and I do want to, I do want to kind of, I know uh, I do have one last question about teaching before we wrap up, but just about, um, cause mm -hmm. I, I had to realize, and I talked about this before and thinking my book that I wrote and also on YouTube, I was like, you know what? Um, when I first came again, 11 years ago, uh, a lot of students, I was their first black person that they'd ever seen as well. And they said it, and even for their parents, mm -hmm. which I thought was just crazy, but I also realized like, you know what, when I came to <laughs> Taiwan, the first time I met a, a Thai person, somebody from Thailand, like I had never met a person from Thailand in America before. And I went to a pretty, in my opinion at the time, diverse school, you know, when I was younger, but I had never met certain mm -hmm. people from certain backgrounds either. But my reaction mm -hmm. was always different, but we can get into that a whole different time. But uh, I yeah. guess my last question about teaching is, do you, 
do you enjoy it? Like, do, is teaching fun? Like, do you enjoy walking into the classroom every day? Do you enjoy preparing lessons? Like, is the overall experience of teaching as a foreigner, as a black woman abroad, has it been, is it fun? Is it enjoyable for you every day? It is. It is. Every, it, because I've built a rapport with my students. Even students that aren't mine, just kids in the schools, they, they'll go, it's that teacher. I'm like, you're right, it's that teacher. What? What are you going to say today? <laughs> Nothing. Like I'm like like I like I I've built that. Or when I hear like the other even like lat before we went on vacation, I, I went to my branch just to get something, and one of the students saw me and just went, "It's Tessadai!" and ran to me and jumped in my arms, and I just was like, "I what I didn't know what to say." It was but it was so much fun. But teaching has become. Such a great joy just to see less. Okay, wait, let's go back. Lesson planning. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, because certain lessons, it becomes repetitive because you kind of know what to expect. You know what the grammar is, vocabulary. You know all that stuff. You kind of can adjust to that. Um, But lesson planning has become, I won't say it's fun. That's not the word I would use. I would say easier for me mm. now. It's become a lot. It's become easier. Um, teaching, I enjoy the interactions with my students. I enjoy watching, actually seeing their eyes light up when they have that aha moment. Mm. When they actually get it, you're like, you're like, you see it. You actually can see it happen. It's like. Oh, they got it. They actually understood that. Look at me teaching stuff. When you have those students, I know, right? You're like, I did that. Or that student who's, um, how can I put it? They have a difficult time. They, they're like that one. It's just you. It's like you know they're having trouble, mm. and they, they, it's because they're having trouble, they don't want to pay attention. And right. then when you finally get them to pay attention, but they, but at the same time, they, they don't understand a hundred percent, but they understand the basics. And then you see it, and then they're able to use it. And when you and they and they actually and when you you kind of express that, I'm so proud of you, just on your face and maybe good job. They that confidence they get, that is such a that's such a like thrill for me to see, such absolute joy to see that in the kids, kids I should say. And it's just, or when they or when they want to prove something to you, like teacher, guess what I got to learn today? Guess what I got to see? Those little moments, because I don't see myself personally having children, being a teacher. This is my way of kind of having those moments. Like some parents get the experience when they kids come home from school, say, "Mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, look what I did today. Look what I learned." I get to experience that at the moment is happening as a teacher, which is by far just. It's priceless. You actually can't put a price on those moments in class, which I am so thankful for. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany. Uh, again, amazing interview, amazing stuff so far. I mean, again, I definitely want to have a part two because there are some questions, cultural questions I want to get into, but I definitely wanted to have an, just an intro to your, ex- yeah, no, right? so your experience, your overall experience in Taiwan so far from, you know, year one in 2017 up until now. But are there any questions that you have for me or anything else you would like to add or touch on or elaborate on before we wrap up? Hmm. Any questions for you? Okay, how about this one? What is your, what's the one thing, the one thing you want to do next? The one, one, how about, I'm sorry, the one small thing and the one big thing that you want to do next? Oh, well, oh man, I think they're both big. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big picture person. But I guess the, the small are, thing would be, <laughs> the two small things would be, I do, I want to, it sounds People are going to be like, oh, this is obvious. But yeah, I do. I want to grow my podcast and YouTube channel, right? I want to be at a point where, okay. uh, honestly, I want them to be monetized, to be straightforward. I definitely want to do that. But more importantly, okay. I think through through the monetization of both these platforms, it just allows me to connect people and to have interviews like this to mm-hmm. share, right? Because when I first started my podcast, it was all about sharing stories, not just my story, but stories with people back home and all over the world to inspire them to not, maybe they don't want to travel abroad. Maybe they don't want to 
you know, leave the country, but just to embrace and, you know, to embrace, find and seek new and different experiences. Right. Because like you said, you didn't know that you would like teaching, but when, well, that you would be as good and as passionate about teaching as you've grown into, but it took stepping out, you know, stepping outside of your comfort zone and trying something different and listening to others and having those conversations with you to experience something like that. So I truly believe in what I, in what I'm doing and how I do it. And I enjoy doing it. I love having these conversations. I love meeting new people and I love spreading knowledge and information. So, I want to grow it so that I'm, I can continue to do that in the way in which I've been able to do it and beyond. But, you know, when you work in, you know, 15 hours a day, it's hard to do that. But um, that yeah. is uh, the small thing I want to do. The big thing is I do want to open uh, something else out here in Taiwan. Right. So maybe not a bar or, or maybe another bar. But I do want to make sure that because, uh, you know, COVID hit arts and crafts hard. So we may be transitioning to something different soon. But uh, I, mean, I want to make sure that there mm -hmm. is something black owned here, because, again, when I first came to Taiwan, I was one of five black people that I know. And I didn't meet the second black people until I hired Patrick. That was number two. And the other two I met at a Snoop Dogg concert <laughs> year two. And that was when I met Moonbeam. Wait, what? Right. Yeah, wait, I met her at a Snoop Dogg concert. Was, wait, here in Taiwan, Snoop came to Taiwan. Snoop, Dr. Dre, and we were front row at a club called Luxing. And we were in the front, and we turned around, and it was a girl with an afro. We was like, hey, I'm pretty sure she's black. Not on, like, black American. <laughs> so we went, and they were, and we hung out the whole time, and we've actually been friends. And one of them is still in America, but one of them also helped us pick our dog. But, yeah, um, I want to, I think I've seen, and it may not have been as big as, you know, we want it to be because of COVID, but I've seen the impact that having a black space uh, has had uh, on just, not just me, but people who have come in and been able to utilize the space, like with everything that went on with George Floyd and all the protests over the summer, it was just good to know that, hey, there's mm -hmm. somewhere I can go where I know my people are going to be and my music is going to be, you know, things like that. So I want to make sure that we maintain that. So that's the big thing I want to do. I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm actually, I have some ideas that I'm floating around, but those are my small and my big things I'm looking forward to doing in the upcoming future. Cool. Well, if you need any help, you know I got you. Just got to let me know. All right. And I appreciate that. But more importantly, thank you so much for joining today. I know, um, I don't know, I don't know if you were, were you uh, nervous at all to come on? Because you need to be like a regular. We knew like a weekly show where we just call it TT's time. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, no, I actually wasn't nervous. If it was on camera, I would have said, you a lie. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but um, no, because believe it or not, what I what I just did with you, I've not podcast, but just I my friends, especially here, because I have a few friends that will call and just say, hey, can we talk? I'm stressed. I'm like, All right, sure. And they'll tell me a problem. And then I'll say something to them that's as you as you said, worthy a gym like I, like a gym worthy moment. I'm like for real. I was just talking, but so this has felt like I was just carrying a conversation with someone, which is what a good podcast is supposed to be. <laughs> supposed to be like that, just carrying <laughs> a conversation with a friend. So yeah, but thank you. Well, well, thank you so very much, Tiffany, for joining us today on the Black Expat Podcast. Yay! more than a pleasure you have a wonderful night hope you have a great first day of work tomorrow as yep. well gotta get my markers ready so thank you so much have a good night oh same to you and thank Bye. you everyone for tuning in to another episode of the black expat podcast if you haven't already make sure you subscribe to this podcast and to my youtube channel and check out my new articles on medium and follow nicole cooper on medium her articles are amazing as well you know i shout out my friends all the time and as always, if you have not already as well, become a patron of the Black Expat Podcast as I continue to fundraise to be able to do the things in the community that I want to do and grow this podcast. So again, thank you so much for Tiffany for joining us. And thanks to everyone who tuned in to get another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. We out, chill. <laughs>